Welcome back to Critical Powercast. Join us today as we continue our conversation about cleaning up your generator spec. Today on Critical Powercast. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us here for another episode of Critical Powercast. I'm your host, Jay Whiting, and today we're joined by Nicole Dirkside, Associate Director of Marketing for Kohler's Power Solutions Group. Nicole, thanks for joining us today, and welcome to the program. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're glad to have you, Nicole. So, Nicole, you're a member of the Power Solutions Group at Kohler. Tell us a little bit about what you folks are doing over in Power Solutions. Yeah, the Power Solutions Group within Kohler Power Systems, we are focused on looking at how we bring a full system together. There's a lot of pieces and components that make up a backup power generation system. you got your generator, your transfer switches, paralleling switchgear, all those types of components and pieces of equipment. And we have a focus of looking, how do we bring this all together, make sure it's a reliable system providing the best power for our customers. Okay. So it sounds like there's, there's kind of a lot of moving parts there, right? So you mentioned paralleling switch gear, you, you mentioned uh, transfer switches, you mentioned generator controllers. So um, I, I know just in, in my experience over the years, anytime I review a generator specification, it seems like the controller section is a very large part of the overall generator specification. Why is that? Do they just want to give it more, more air time? Uh, does, it, does it just deserve the additional press? Why is, it, why is it that that takes up so much of the generator specification? Yeah, you are right, Jay. It is a big part of that specification. And maybe I'm a touch biased to say that it deserves it because it is so important. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, but, it, but it really is. When you think about, like, what does a controller do, right? And that, that's mm-hmm. the first step when we, when we look at this. And I, it's the brains behind the operation. It's kind of that master control center, if you will, and, and knowing what's going on. So, right, it's controlling the operation of the generator. Uh, even if the generator has, if the engine has an ECU, you still have the controller talking to that ECU, right, looking, managing and, and watching over that, as well as the rest of the generator parts, your alternator, your voltage output, your current, your frequency, and, and just making sure everything's, you know, operating to it, its peak potential and operating correctly and safely, mm-hmm. right? It's looking at, as I mentioned, voltage sure. regulation. The, the control itself is making sure for warnings, shutdowns, that we're going to have safe operation. The other key part to the controller is it really becomes that interface for the generator. So for you or I, right, we're going to walk up. How's my system doing? What's going on? This is the piece of equipment that's going to tell me. So you want to make sure you're specifying that it's going to give you the critical information that's important to you. Make sure you know an event log, maybe I have some data recording and data collection on there, right, in the chance that something is not operating. I want to be able to look at that data, maybe understand why. I kind of view it, right, you think of an airplane and the cockpit of an airplane and everything that's going on, so you know exactly what that airplane's doing and how to operate it properly and safely. That's the same thing with the controller in the generator. So as far as controllers, you know, again, when I think back to kind of the beginning when I first started in the business, a lot of analog technology, right? There were still swing meters on it, right? There was still a lot of analog metering. What sort of advancements have we seen over the past few years relative to generator controllers? Have there been improvements in, in, uh, in any of the HMI? Has there been any additional functionality? What is it, if I look at the controller of today versus the controller of, say, 10 or 15 years ago, what are the differences that I'm going to see? 
Yeah, and I think if we step back, right, we start talking about the real old technologies, those analog meters, and we all love sure, to walk yeah. up and probably see those those needles moving on gauges. We've come so much further from there. And it started many years ago getting microprocessor-based controllers, right, and getting that intelligence built in. Probably in the last 10 to 15 years, the biggest thing you notice as you walk up to the generator is just the interface itself. That's what you're going to notice when you're looking at it. And, and seeing how far we've come to have, right, these larger displays, um, ideally maybe sure. more colorful for those that are not colorblind. It works very well. Be careful for those that are colorblind. Absolutely. Make sure that they still so. have some text and some verb to, verbiage to let you know what's going on. Um, right, but, but from a user, that's what you see. It's really what's going on under the hood, right, and, and looking at how we've come with voltage regulation and getting like, really tight voltage regulation so you can have really clean uh, power, uh, really clean electricity to your loads, especially as we have like electronic, you know, all our electrical loads and how sensitive they can become. So you want to make sure we have good clean power there. Uh, the accuracy of the metering, these controllers are getting more and more, you know, accurate and, and controlling that power. And I mentioned earlier wanting to have data logging. Right, a lot of intelligence getting built in to do snapshots of data when an event occurs so we can get some data collected around it to be able to troubleshoot. Also, we see more and more standards, something like the Joint Commission, where you have to do data logging and reporting for certifications for systems. And it's nice if the controller has that built in so you don't have somebody standing there and looking at the right moment, right, right, trying to yeah. find the data on all the different screens to write down the values. We're seeing a lot of that functionality now come forward. Um, you know, and a lot of key other things. Communications, a very big one, especially as we see advancements in communications over time. Modbus RTU, using a serial port, has been built into controllers for quite a long time. But now, like at Kohler, we've been doing more and more to build in right Ethernet and to have BACnet, SNMP, uh, Modbus TCP, getting those inherent sure. to really simplify having to have a lot of extra converters. Yeah, in the yeah. system. Because the generators are now speaking to a lot of other devices and they need to have that interface. Exactly, right? And everybody wants more and more information available to them kind of at their fingertips. So making that available is, is critical. So stepping back for a second, you mentioned data logging and, and I just wanted to drill down on that for a minute because as I think about it, to your point, if somebody's doing some sort of a report, you know, uh, be it a joint commission report or what have you, that's that's great to have. But but also, when I think about it, you know, when, when I think of a, a facility manager, somebody actually interfacing with the equipment, if something happens to the generator or if there's a shutdown on the generator, it's one thing to go out and have to, you know, kind of recreate what happened, recreate the failure, right? To go up to a generator control and say, okay, I can see that this is my current state. But in a lot of cases, you don't have access to that data, right? So are we saying that we actually have the ability to, to take a snapshot of that event and then and then kind of go back in time to see what led up to it? Absolutely, yeah. And the Kohler APM603 controller, our newest controller that we've released, we have what we call snapshot that we do around all of those critical warnings and shutdowns. And we grab 15 seconds of data around the event. Okay. And it happens automatically and it's stored in the controller. So when somebody comes up, and to your point, right, sometimes you're not there when it happens. You could be coming up. It could be minutes later. It could be hours later. It could be days later. Um, right? And, and the, whatever event caused it could have long passed, and you want to understand it. This way you can get to that data um, and maybe have a better idea of how, if you want to try to recreate it right, in your troubleshooting. You can see what was the state of the system when that happened. Can I get the system back to that state mm -hmm. to, to see if I can understand what happened? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Um, I see 
references to things like onboard paralleling or load management. Can you speak a little bit to that? I mean, obviously, that's kind of newer to, to generator controls and, and, and how that may uh, play into kind of the next generation of controllers? Yeah, so with onboard paralleling, we've seen right over the last 10 plus years, it goes back further, but really I'd say in the last 10 years, we're starting to see much more adoption and acceptance of having the paralleling built into the controller on the generator. Mm -hmm. You know, prior years, you'd see a lot more paralleling switch applications. Mm -hmm. uh, even when you had maybe more of a simple application, I just need two generators to parallel together. In the past, right, we take these larger paralleling switch gear uh, systems to do that. Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing, hey, I can achieve that with the, the Genset controllers. They have the intelligence built in. They can speak to each other. And what I'm seeing as of more recent is you'd have a generator with the paralleling controllers, and you'd still put a master control panel mm -hmm. in the system. Mm -hmm. And we still see that today. What we're doing is focusing on how can we bring more and more value into what's on the generator. When somebody's at the generator, the key information is there. So within uh, like our, our most recent controller, we've put uh, not only just the ability to do paralleling built into that controller, we have generator management built in, we have load management built in, and even when you go up to the controller, the screens and the views, you can see a whole system view. You can, you know, if you have eight generators paralleling, I can go up to one generator and see information on at all. At the generator controller. At the generator controller. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. Sure. So we'll, we still have a master control panel, so if people want to have a separate panel remote, right to the whole system and to be able to look and do some control of the system, that's absolutely possible. But we're putting more and more intelligence on the generator right where that control is happening, right, and, and having that system view. Let, let me ask you, Nicole, so you've obviously, you've, you've been in this part of the business for, for quite a while now. What are some of the most common questions you're asked when it comes to controllers? What are the things that people are, are, are always, you know, kind of reaching out to you for? Yeah, I think we've, we've touched on some of them already, Jay. Communications is a big one. And I think because it, it, they've learned over time after the fact, once the equipment's on site, then somebody says, oh, I'd like to get this piece of information off of it. I'd like this data. And sometimes after the fact, it's a little late or it becomes much more expensive mm -hmm. to add that. So we're seeing a lot more questions around communications. Uh, we talked about onboard paralleling, right? We're seeing that mm -hmm. request more and more. I, some other sure. key ones yep. we haven't touched on yet, the inputs and outputs, right? What can I okay. do to that system to have my own custom programming to get it specific for my, my application, uh, what I want to do. And sometimes people extend it so far to be, maybe I want to know, in my generators, it's, it's in its own separate room, and maybe I want to know if the door opens, right? And you can have where a door opens. You can actually run that to input of the controller and have that become an event, that the controller that can okay. write, then communicate out. Um, sometimes it's about the pure operation. Maybe I have an extra fuel, like a day tank or something, and I want to know the fuel level on that day tank. All right, so you want to make sure you have the right inputs and outputs to support those features and functions. Um, the other one that has been one of the most common ones coming my way recently is around the UL certification of controllers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for many, many years, we've had UL 508. 508. Yep. Sorry. Right. And again, you think of UL, it's a standard for safety. That's why these are, are built mm -hmm. to make sure everybody's, you know, creating a product that meets specific safety standards. And UL 508 has been focused around industrial control equipment. So it's very, very broad. As of recent, uh, in fact, in 2019, UL came out with a new standard, UL 6200. And UL 6200 is focused for controllers for use in power production. So now you see, it, right, like UL 508 is still valid. We still have mm -hmm. some of our generator controllers are certified to UL 508. It's a very valid certification. But as we move forward, we're moving towards UL 6200. Okay, because that, that applies more specifically to 
as you said, power power generators and applications. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And as an example, right, you look at UL five oh eight and there's a lot of things about construction requirements in there. Those same requirements mm -hmm. are you are in UL sixty two hundred. What UL sixty two hundred adds is some specifications requirements around fuel system controls, around engine start and speed control, synchronization, multiple generator paralleling equipment. I, you know, you get you see now that you think about power production and controllers and the use of power production, how this starts to get much more specific and focused in that area. Sure, sure. So you mentioned protection. From time to time, I'll, I'll see specifications reference either utility grade protective relaying or some call it NRGU category or NRGU protective relaying. How does a UL 6200 listing compare to, to that listing? Is it the same? Is it different? Is it the same functionality? How does, what are the differences? Yeah, so from an overcurrent protective device feature mm -hmm. and functionality, UL 6200 now does the same functionality of what okay. would have been required before for that utility grade or the NRG reference. So, or again, keep in mind, before UL6200, there was UL508. That was mm -hmm. the only option for generator controllers, and it didn't touch on this type of functionality, this feature. And with UL6200, they brought in right, some specific requirements that you can meet in order to be classified as an overcurrent protective device. So with that, right, it, it can serve as that overcurrent protective device on the generator. The key here, right, if you have a device that is uh, maybe utility-grade protective relay, mm -hmm. that can be used on the generator. It can also be used in other equipment. When mm -hmm. we do UL6200 on a generator controller as an overcurrent protective device, it's for use on that generator. Right? We're not going to take a UL6200 generator controller and go put it in some other piece of equipment and have it serve as that overcurrent protective device. It's not qualified for that. But for mm -hmm. on-gen set applications, Mm -hmm. um, it, that is what it's qualified for and acceptable. So, I mean, there, there seems to be a lot to consider uh, when selecting a controller, and I can, I can certainly see why the spec is, is as long as it is. What, what advice would you give with regards to controller selection? Is, is any, any kind of you know, quick cheats or what have mm -hmm. you that you can, you can give us? I, first and foremost, I would say do not skimp in this area. You know, most manufacturers, and you look at, generators and what they offer there's a selection of controllers mm -hmm. and I'll find right we all want to save a penny I get that mm -hmm. you know we all have tight budgets but this is an area where if you go for that lowest priced option to begin with you can be adding a lot of expense after the fact in order to get to some of the features and functions that you need like I mentioned communications as one example Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't have the right communication functionality built in to begin with, it can become very expensive, not only from installation of, you know, buying that piece of hardware, that's going to be a converter to get you to the right communication protocol. You have to program that piece of hardware, so there's expense there, and you have to install it, right? And it's extra wiring, it's extra cabling, it's an extra installation step. So it can, those types of expenses can add up very quickly instead of just having the right requirements at the beginning. And, and making sure you're selecting the controller based on those requirements. Sure, sure. So um, I know presently we're not accepting visitors at the factory due to COVID, but when the doors reopen, um, if uh, an engineer or a consultant were to visit our factory and, and, and swing by uh, the, the Power Solutions Group, what, what could they expect to see? So first, if anybody's um, had the experience of coming to Kohler and Kohler Power Systems in the past, uh, if you were to come again once, right, 
we are up and moving again or, or around um, sure. and able to visit each other, you're going to see quite a difference. Uh, we've okay. been having a lot, of, a lot of growth and a lot of movement on our side of the business. Uh, first and foremost, within our power solutions business unit, we've done some movement to gain more space. Kohler, a large global company, we have our power group business, and we have an engines extension of our business. We've had manufacturing in various locations. They've started to consolidate. With that, it left a facility at our Kohler, Wisconsin main campus uh, available, and so we've moved our power solutions group into that business, which has been really okay. exciting because, right, we're all with all the growth that's been going on, we've been fighting for space, so it's really nice sure. to have this dedicated space, very, very large area um, for us as, as we continue to grow. We have also started an expansion on our facility where our, our main generator manufacturing is, so we are all very excited by this. Um, not only does it make a very large expansion to allow us with our, our, our large diesel line to do a lot more um, capacity, a lot more testing um, that that can happen there with the generators. That's also being set up when we think about systems. Customer can come to us and we have generators, we have transfer switches, we have parallel and switch gear. If you would like us to test all of those together, we have the facilities to do that. We can do it today. We're going to be able to do it even better tomorrow um, when our expansion is complete. And third, when you come now with our expansion, we're putting on a world-class customer experience center, and it is going to be so fun and so exciting to see our products on display, um, really get somebody to understand what they can do uh, and see the capabilities we have. It's going to be impressive. We're really excited, Jay. Great stuff. So that's all the time we have for this podcast. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for joining us today for this episode of Critical Powercast. Hopefully you learned something new today. I'd also like to thank our guest for today, Nicole Dirksidey of Kohler Power Systems, for taking some time to speak with us. Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome, Jay. And join us next time on Critical Powercast when we continue our discussion on generator set emissions. I'm Jay Whiting, and this has been Critical Powercast.